Gosh dang it, I swear, Ruby. <sighs> episode 41 and we're still learning figuring this crap out ken okay this is what's with the neighbors you know blah 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 true crime paranormal podcast that's amy that's right okay so anyway um we just did this luckily we're only like three minutes in yeah we are re not re-recording we are going off of double recording from last week's episode so yes. we're trying not to be burned out but Correct. we're a little bit frustrated because we're at episode 41 and we're still having tech problems we are or maybe just you know ghosty problems but who knows do you guys yeah. think that bad energy could go into the room please let us know if you think that if if you've even experienced anything yeah. like that like have you ever had like bad energy go into a room and just like sh- happens it's it, it, so random too yeah it's on random episodes and if you did let us know and if you have any ideas tell us or if you know if you're in the area and you want like a and i'm dead serious when i say this if you want like a uh what's it called where you work for someone for free if you <laughs> we'll give you a hell of a recommendation to be an intern for us yes you can edit for us and make sure our equipment isn't on the fritz and um, you get to hang out with us yeah we're fun every... um okay. tell me a neighborhood story please okay. i will do that sorry um, that was really bossy please stop throwing meat oh my god raw i thought chi- you were doing <laughs> <laughs> raw chicken hot dogs or bacon out of your window into the alley oh my god you're not feeding the cats meat keeps on landing on our ac unit oh Dear god no. that must be so smelly <laughs> i knew you'd think i was talking to you it's like perfect timing <laughs> stop <sighs> oh that's amazing thank you what's that from next door uh it was from uh google, google. <laughs> sometimes i look up funny next yeah. door notes yeah. or notes from neighbors uh you, thinking that i was being attacked just now <laughs> um i texted my sister a tiktok today of the row versus the abortion thing mm-hmm. and so i sent her a funny tiktok on, on it and <laughs> She and I sent her one like earlier that kind I think I sent it. I can't remember. Maybe it was a meme, but I sent it to her and I thought it was funny. And she wrote back, or I said, "LOL, I'm dying." And she wrote back. She said, "Please stop crying." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm not crying. I thought the I, I thought the TikTok was funny. I'm not crying about anything. What the heck?" <laughs> and she was like, "No, I meant like LOL." stop i'm crying like oh i'm crying but she didn't say i'm crying like the whole punctuation thing yeah Yeah. i I was like what the heck i'm not crying (laughs) i was like i'm good i swear (laughs) for like a solid like 10 minutes i'm like why would she think i'm crying do you have a story for me yeah i have a really good story um all right so i'll be the judge of that Actually, you're right. As will all of our sure. listeners. So I was like, murders during Independence Day. Because this comes out two days before 4th of July. What? What? 
Yes. America. So I found a shooting that happened last year. I like other countries too, but you know, I live in America, so I'm yeah, American we gotta support it. I America. guess. I definitely support it. Uh, Hell yeah! But last year, uh, there was a uh, someone that like shot like a hundred, a hundred and eighty people <gasps> during Fourth of July okay. in oh. Chicago. Was it out in public? Yeah, I remember. Okay. Yeah, so I I kept getting that, and I'm like, oh, fine, I'm not looking that up. Like, there's nothing. And then there was also oh, a Nancy Grace. Nancy drew a book about fourth fireworks, the death of fireworks or something. It was very cool. Interesting. Yeah. But so I really wasn't finding anything. Okay. And I was like, well, all right, let's go with the first state that was signed into the original 13 states that made the United States into the Constitution, which was Delaware. Oh, okay. okay. So... I was like trying to be a little saying, patriotic. No, it's not South Carolina because South Carolina was the first one to have slaves. Six like succeed from, <laughs> from yes. the Union. Yeah, no, this one it was the first state. Yes, Delaware. Also, the person that was murdered it happened around July Fourth weekend. Oh, so I just kind of got lucky with that one. There we go. Yeah. So da da da. Got lucky with the murder. Hey, you know. Not everyone gets lucky with a murder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about the disappearance of Anne Faye. Um, but first, I have to tell you about Thomas Capano. 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 I know how to pronounce it. First, I'm going to tell you about Thomas Capano. Her lover, impossible killer. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. Whoa, twist. Yeah. So, on... You're good. Okay. Um... Thomas was born on October 11, 1941, in Delaware. He was one of four brothers and was part of a multi-million prominent family. Who, Must be nice. Yeah. Who were real estate agents, developers, and contractors. Thomas was a pretty smart guy. He ended up going to law school and becoming a lawyer. Um, <clears throat> so he started out as a lawyer. Then he became a state prosecutor. Then a city attorney for the city of Wil- Wilmington. Then the, the legal counselor, counsel for Governor Mike Castle. Then a political consultant. I don't know if it's safe to he say that really, this... really, like, moved up in the political... Yeah. So he it was safe to say that he was well-known in the political circles. Absolutely. But also, it sounds like he can't hold down a job. Yeah. Unless, you know, you're I mean, just working your way I mean, but that's something that up. you constantly jump up on. Like, you yeah, go Yeah, you're up. constantly yeah. moving. Yeah. So, he had four dollar daughters and a wife. He and almost said dollars. <laughs> doll hairs. He only had four doll hairs. <laughs> uh, in 1994, Thomas uh, started to see the appointment secretary for the governor at the time, Anne Marie Fay. And Anne was a very attractive 30-year-old and was part of another well-known family in Delaware. So they dated for a couple months, but of course, since he was married, they had to, you know, keep their dating a secret. After a few months of dating, she wanted out because he ended up being pretty aggressive and controlling. And she's like, I want out of here. Nope, bad sign. Yeah. So she ended the relationship, or so she thought. Which left Thomas all alone. I literally did a so sad face. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> Me. 
Uh, because his wife also left him after finding out about the affair. Oh, no. You cheated on your wife and she left you? Yeah. Mm, poor Thomas. So sad. Um, a few months later, she started dating a different man. Uh, he, he was super... And did, or his wife? She, oh, sorry. A few months later, Anne started dating a different okay. man. He was super sweet and understanding, like... She was hoping, you know, to put a ring on it, that sort of thing. She loved this guy. Um, But she continued to get calls from Thomas. He would show up at her house unannounced and was, like, borderline stalking her. I shouldn't say borderline. He was definitely stalking her. Um, She definitely feared for her life, um, but that didn't stop her from being the one person that stood up to him. Because he was not used to being told no. And she's like, nope, I don't care. She told him, get out of my life. Yeah. So on June 27th, Thomas somehow managed to persuade Anne to his home. Shortly before July 4th, Anne had not shown up to work. Her phone calls were going to voicemail. She was missing. No one knew where Anne was. And so on the weekend of July 4th... um, Along with a reward for information on her disappearance, disappearance, a search party of hundreds of citizens gathered around to look for her. Um, and unfortunately, they no one. no one, no one found anything, no evidence. Um, because her last known whereabouts was in Pennsylvania and she was from Delaware, her case became a federal investigation because it was cross state lines. And credit cards and telephone records were pulled of Thomas, and that is when they realized that Thomas made a $308 purchase at a wallpaper warehouse two days after Anne disappeared. And the special agent assigned to the case and U.S. attorney thought that that was super odd that he bought $308 worth of wallpaper because he was weird. He rented a house only a few blocks away from Anne's. Okay. So he, they're like, mm, you can't really just do that when you're renting a house, especially around that time. So they called the number on the credit card statement, and the person that answered said, air, uh, air base carpets. And they're like, that's weird. Okay. So they actually immediately thought that she was rolled up into a carpet. And, but they can't just obviously arrest someone off of a hunch and why would you do that roll someone up in a carpet yeah that's really stupid you can see them yeah but it's easier to transport oh okay yeah i guess because then you don't have like that makes sense everywhere and it soaks up the blood it's a burrito yeah makes sense okay so uh unfortunately they can't arrest someone off of a hunch and i'm that's gonna be like our constant uh, theme here unfortunately so everything's they, off a hunch yeah so they questioned his house cleaner who was scheduled to clean four days before Anne disappeared she told the detectives that thomas actually canceled his cleaning stating his home didn't need to be cleaned because his children didn't stay over sus yeah and they're like okay that goes that goes weird <laughs> <laughs> That goes weird. (laughs) And they're like, hmm. Or I wrote, which made the detectives go, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Things that make you go, hmm. (laughs) 
considering when he was first interviewed about her disappear- disappearance, he said that night his children were asleep upstairs. So they're like, so you're telling your house cleaner one thing and you told us something else. Yeah. So your story's not lining up. Three weeks later, the cleaner came for cleaning and noticed that the love seat and a carpet were gone. Do you want another one? Nope. And they were replaced with two chairs and a carpet. So when I say carpet, I mean like a rug. Okay. So. So something was on it. Had to have been. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with the evidence of the new carpet and the knowledge she was brought to his home on June 27th, they were armed with probable probable cause. And they were able to create a 37-page search warrant. And it was served on July 31st, 1996. Is that normal for them to be that long? I mean, it's thorough. I mean, I guess they have to give you the reasons and stuff like that. The reasons and everything that they can possibly search. So if they, if if it's not in the search warrant, then they can't search it. Like a closet or a computer. So if they forget to put like something in it, they can't do that. Correct. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So like, oh no, you don't have a warrant to search my computer. You do not get to look at it. Interesting. So yeah. Uh, so they went to the great room where the new chair and carpet were. Under the rug, the hardwood floor was clean, but next to it, they found two spots on the baseboard that looked like dried blood. And like, let me tell you, when I say there's spots, they are tiny spots. Yeah, they must be because I mean, like, if you. If you've murdered something, some someone, you're going to try to do a really thorough job of cleaning sure. up. Like, yeah. And he's a lawyer, so he bleach. knows what to look yeah. for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, that had, that had to be really small. Yeah. It was pretty small. So they swabbed it and looked for more evidence. Oh, sorry. They swabbed it and took it for evidence. Unfortunately, they couldn't determine if it belonged to Anne because she they didn't have her body. So they couldn't use it to match and her parents had passed away and they can't use the siblings because their dna does not it it's not it doesn't match as right. much so they said it it's not worth it because they only have another dead end mm-hmm. so it was another dead end um so however and siblings said that they she had donated blood a month before she disappeared so they went down to the lab to get a sample, but it had already been reduced to plasma and was shipped away. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so they're like, cool, 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 cool. Um, so that was another dead end. Okay. On, that sucks. Uh, yep. On August 6th, a project manager, Sean Taylor, for the contracting company for the Capano's family called the detective's office. He said he knew something that may help the investigation. So he met with the authorities secretly because he was scared of what may happen to him if anyone knew, a.k.a. the brothers, knew he was talking to them. He told them something strange happened the day after Anne was reported missing. He said on July 1st, he was ordered by Louis Capono, uh, one of Thomas's brothers, to pull a four dumpsters on the... Pr- to pull four dumpsters on the property he his project was on at to be pulled and dumped. Man, to be that person to have to do that. I know. 
Well, I'm guessing that they just used. I mean, I've been dumpster diving, so it's not that big of a deal, I guess. <laughs> and he thought it was odd because none of them were even full. They're like, he's like, okay, you guys are always worried about money, and this costs a lot of money to dump this, but oh. all right. So he thought it was out of character. So in August, an evidence recovery team went to the dump site where the dumpster was dumped. They they searched for four days with nothing, not even a piece of oh. fabric, nothing. No so, hair? Nothing. So unfortunately, they didn't have anything against Thomas to bring him in. They also searched an ocean boat that the family had recently sold in hopes that they could that could be evidence or have something have evidence on it unfortunately they didn't find anything but did find it odd that they sold the boat without any anchors so that's weird because like when you sell the boat like why are you yeah anchors? boat is included in anchor yeah, the, yeah yeah that makes sense so but later that month investigators got a call uh, from the blood bank and they were able to stop the plasma that was donated before it was used <gasps> oh snap yeah so they like got it like in route they weren't positive the plasma would actually work because the plasma is separated from the dna so it doesn't always have any dna cells in yeah. it but with a little luck it had enough dna to show it matched and Yay. They needed that luck so bad. So bad. <laughs> oh, no. I see <laughs> your face. But it's not enough to incriminate gr- incriminate him. Uh, yep. You can't arrest someone off of a hunch. So Wait, but it I matched know. blood that was in his house. How I is know. that a hunch? I don't know. How is that a hunch? That's like, it's, why is someone's blood in your house that that person is, and that person is missing? But, I mean, there's blood in my house probably of me somewhere. Yeah, maybe of children getting scratched. Yeah, so. It's such a little tiny thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a small little thing, and there's no other evidence besides her going missing. Ugh, I'm so annoyed. I, I want this. <laughs> I know. So they had someone go undercover and keep track of all of Jerry Capono's moves for 11 months. Oh, here we go. Jerry is... Jerry, Larry, Gary, Barry, yeah. Terry. It's one of Thomas's brothers, but he's also, like, one of the shadier brothers. Like, he's been arrested before and stuff, like... I think he's the youngest one. Always too. send in the criminal. They yeah. know how to. They know how to do things. Yeah. So they followed him around for eleven months, hoping to you know track him and possibly lead them to evidence on Anne's disappearance. Um, they learned that he would go to bars and clubs often, and he also would use illegal drugs, which oh. he has. Um, what is it? A a, a mark on his record. He has, like, a mark on his record yeah. for it. Yeah. So, for drug use. But along with collecting firearms, he loved collecting firearms. And they're like, hmm, you're not allowed to do that if you are a convicted felon. You can't? Own firearms? Oh. Nope. Fifteen. So, 15 months after Anne disappeared, after learning oh that God, he likes 15 to... 15 months. I know. After learning that he likes to collect firearms, the FBI raided jerry's home 
hoping they would find illegal drugs inside his home where he kept the firearms. Because, I mean, he has the firearms, but it's not enough to arrest him on, even though he's not supposed to have it. But if there's drug drugs inside the house, boom, like that's a right there. They yeah. can arrest him. <clears throat> so they were hoping to find drugs inside the house, which they could use leverage if they did to get him to confess what he knows about Anne. And with some luck, they were able to find cocaine. Well, that's called blackmail. That is called blackmail. But it's okay. It's okay because they call it leverage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's called blackmail, but it's okay, because they call it leverage. (laughs) And so they found cocaine, and the police offered him immunity if he testified against his brother. And basically forcing Jerry, the poor guy, he's like, I just want to shoot firearms and do my drugs. shoot heroin. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Um, But forcing him to pick between his family and his drugs. And his drugs and his brother because he had a wife and children. Oh, okay. So a year and a half after Anne's disappearance, Jerry met with the FBI and he's like, all right, I'll do it. So he told them that Thomas went to Jerry. What? They named their kids Thomas and Jerry. I just got that. Wait, what? (gasps) Tom and Jerry? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, Thomas and Jerry. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, those parents have a have a sense of humor. So a few years or a year and a half after Anne's disappearance, Jerry met with the FBI and he was like, I will tell you everything. And he told them that Thomas went to Jerry with a problem in February of 1996. So even before Anne's disappearance. Saying that they were um, people, or he said Thomas told him that there were people threatening his children and he was being extorted. And Thomas asked Jerry to go get him cash and a gun and said, I may need help with the boat someday to dispose of the person's body who was extorting him. So he's like, "I, I have this money, like, go get me this money. And if the money's not enough, I might have to kill him. Can you please help me dispose of the body with the boat? And Jerry's like, whatever, dude. I just want to go do my drugs and shoot some guns. Come on. Leave me alone. Yeah. And a month later, Jerry Jerry got a call from Thomas saying that he didn't need the gun after all and the money was enough. So Jerry's like, cool. Like, great. I'm glad the person just wanted the money. Yeah. So... Jerry said then on June 29th, 1996, early in the morning, Thomas was parked at the end of Jerry's driveway. He went over to him and said he needed to borrow the boat. And Jerry's like, are you freaking kidding me? Did you kill someone? (laughs) And Thomas was like, yeah, I did. The guy that was threatening my children. And so Jerry refused to help him. But with a lot of persuasion, Jerry agreed to meet with him at the harbor to help dispose of the body because, you know, Thomas doesn't like being told no. An hour later, they met in Thomas's garage where they moved an extra large cooler. And Jerry, thinking the whole time it was the body of the extor- ex- 
extortionist. Uh, they took the cooler to the harbor and loaded it onto the boat, and because it was the same type of cooler that fishermen use on fishing boats, it didn't draw any attention. Uh, they went 60 miles offshore where no one was near. They put the cooler over the edge, but it, did, but it didn't sink. Yeah, because it's a cooler. It's a cooler. It's full of foam. Yeah. But Thomas, I mean, the, the smart guy is not street smart, for sure. Um, so... Thomas ordered Jerry to shoot it with a shotgun, but it still didn't sink. And so Thomas decided to sink the body without the cooler. He wrapped the anchors from the boat around her body and uh, dumped her into the ocean. And on the way back to shore, Thomas removed the lid of the cooler and threw the cooler into the ocean. I don't know, like, maybe he removed the cooler so it doesn't accidentally close so it would sink, but dude didn't, like, fill it with water, so. He just threw it in there? He just threw it hoping it would sink without the lid. But what if it had, like, DNA in it? Well, he was hoping that it would sink. You're dumb. Yeah. But he didn't fill but it with it water. But it didn't sink with a body in it. So it's going to sink on its own. You're dumb. You're, <laughs> you, you're dumb. <laughs> So they went back to Thomas's house to get rid of the couch and the rug. Just saying, people got rid of bunk beds better than he got rid of a cooler. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, they went back to Thomas's house to get rid of the couch and the rug, where they dumped those in the dumpster at the construction site. Uh-huh. So, so the, the the FBI or whatever they were on the right track. They, they were. just missed it. Yep. He was just kind of like one step one ahead step of them. Ahead. Yep. And. Uh, and I, here's another thing is they were looking for a body when they went out yeah. to that dump site. They weren't looking for a couch and a rug. I mean, they could have been, but it's a dump site. There was going to be hundreds of couches yeah, and rugs. Right. So, uh, word got out that Jerry told the investigators everything. So the surveillance team followed Thomas to keep an eye on him worried that he was going to actually kill his brothers to not be able to testify and Thomas actually attempted to flee the country but on the way to the airport they're like uh, the people following him they said listen like they called the DA they're like he's gonna flee the country what do we do what do we do and so they're like just arrest him like just arrest him. So they were not positive that the arrest would stick because they didn't have a murder weapon or, or body. The only hard evi- evidence that they had was her disappearance. Thomas's, Thomas saying that he brought her to the home that night. The tiny two blood spotters found it in, um, in his home. And what Jerry had told them, it should be enough, but it wasn't. Because you can't arrest someone off of a hunch. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The Coast Guard searched the area of where the body was dumped in the ocean, but they never found it. Then they got a call from a citizen who said that they found a cooler floating in the ocean on the weekend of 4th of July. Okay. Okay. I mean, but, you know, 4th of July weekend. Cooler. <laughs> Some but drunks. I was watching, like, because I, I watched a documentary on it, and I was like... This guy is like, why? Why would you? I mean, I would probably take the cooler and like dispose of it. But let me just tell you, this guy uh, 
called the police and said that the cooler matched the description of the cooler Jerry had brought the investigators. It was missing a lid and there was a bullet hole in it. And the person took the cooler from the ocean, thought that they may have used it for fishing and like caught a, a shark, put it in the cooler and then shot, shot, the, it. Sh- shot the shark to, to kill it. And that's where the bullet hole came from and the blood. So the dude's like, it's still good use. So he cleaned it up. Oh, no. And patched the holes, got a new lid for it, and used it for his own. Oh, my gosh. That's why I was like, why? What? (laughs) What? And why go through all that trouble? Like, patch it? Like, just go buy a new cooler. Like, how much did that cost to do that? Would you do duct tape it? In the documentary, he said it was a perfectly brand new cooler. I'm I'm sure. And coolers can be expensive. They can. So, I get that. It had to have been a nice cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a a Yeti or, like, those Ozark ones or whatever from Walmart. Yeah. It had to have been because That's not. No. It has you bl- see, and then you see, yeah, the blood. Like you uh, see blood bullet- in a bullet hole. Yeah. <laughs> like why no. would your mind? Are you that dull that you can't like? I guess some people just don't. Have think you ever that watched crime. a damn movie before? <laughs> <laughs> it was the nineties. So. Oh my gosh. So um, the part code on the cooler matched the cooler Thomas had purchased with his credit cards. Ah. So there it is, the slam finally duck. over freaking cooler. But they still can't find a murder weapon. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. And early on in the case, they learned that Thomas had another mistress, Debbie McIntyre. Oh, okay. Um, and so they searched her credit card purchases and learned in May of 1996, she actually purchased a gun. A twenty two caliber Ber- uh, Beretta. So, what? Why... Uh, never mind okay go ahead so miss debbie was brought in and she admitted that thomas had asked her to purchase the gun so we finally had enough to present the case to the d oh my god finally they were going to trial baby thomas claimed during the trial that he and Anne had resolved their differences and they were spending time with each other at his house when Debbie, his other girlfriend, showed up. She threatened to kill herself, but at the but then ended up shooting Anne while Thomas was trying to take the gun from Debbie. And instead of calling the police, because that's what you should do, yeah, he tried to dispose of Anne's body to protect Debbie and himself, claiming she killed her on accident. And the state's defense, their and their version of the events was he forced Anne to his home. He shot her in cold blood, stuffed her in the cooler, then went over to her house to bring her fresh groceries and a new pantsuit to lay out and very carefully covered up his tracks. Um, it's actually really smart that he did and like preceded her like made it look like, like she her was normal still routine. Doing, yeah. Yeah, the verdict came back, and Thomas was found guilty on first-degree murder and was sentenced to the gas chamber. Ooh. Yep. It was one of very few first-degree U.S. murders cases that got a conviction without 
even though there was no body, no weapon, and no witness to the killing. Because the gun was never discovered. So they're just going off of what... Which means it's probably in the ocean. Probably, yeah. Uh, and the prosecution was led by Colm, Colm F. Colony. And... Uh, then 33-year-old year, year assistant U.S. attorney who had never tried a murder case wow. before. That guy did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is going to be the start of my career. Yeah, no kidding. That's on awesome. September 19, 2011, while waiting on death row pending appeals, Thomas was found dead due to, cardiac, dead due to a cardiac arrest. Well... Rest easy. There's not another guy that'll stuff you in a cooler out in the world. I'm just happy that he died alone. Yeah. Mm, what a piece Thomas. of garbage. <laughs> Thomas and Jerry. Thomas and Jerry. Yeah. What so. happened to Jerry? He he got immunity. Good. So because I mean, not good. Uh, like I, no, good because you know he came and like he knew what that he went too far clearly, and mm-hmm. he was like, okay. I'm, well, I, he shouldn't have done what his what his brother said, but I also get, like, that he's your bigger brother. Yeah. He's more successful than you. He probably pays for some of your bills sort of yeah. thing. So I get that. And you're just like, I really don't want to do this. And in the documentary, he said he didn't want anything to do with, with it. So when he was, um, when Thomas was wrapping up, her body with the anchors he actually like sat in the front of the boat and he didn't even know what he was doing and they probably would have not even been able to use his testimony but the very last second he said are you done and turned around and saw a body being dumped Uh, into the ocean and because he witnessed that he had to he no uh, because he witnessed him dumping the body they were able to use his testimony. Otherwise, if he didn't actually see the body... Nothing would be... Yeah. They yeah. would have not been able to use his testimony. That's good. So, he they got really lucky. Dang. Yeah. That was a good one. I know. I told you. I was yeah. like... There's so much... I was like, ah, oh, again, not, another dead end. Yeah, I'm not going to mention the stupid boat. I don't care about the stupid boat. It's oh, a dead that end is anyways. so important. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, it's so important. Find more information. <laughs> yeah, I get that. That is kind of how my story is. Tell me your story, please. Uh, So, I needed... I needed a story to go off of this week, so I told Josh to pick a state, and I went into my little book that you got me. Oh, yay! Oh, it's right here. Yes, right there. So we went with, uh, do you want to look at Minnesota? Yeah, I want to look at the picture. Minnesota. Minnesota. Why do we do that? I don't know. I was just wondering the same thing. It's so embarrassing, first off. It's okay. I was trying to look up what they're famous for. They're famous for, like, juicy... Oh, what are they called? The juice something? It's like a burger with cheese inside the meat and uh, and like tater tot casseroles and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I like that. Um, Minnesota, page 56. Oh, this is fun. Wait, I don't have pages on here. You go ahead. I will catch up. So, a lot like your story, I... 
so I wanted to pick kind of an easy story this week because I'm trying to spend as much time with the family and sure. I had stuff going on too. So I wanted to pick someone of an easy story, but this one just kept on like giving me more information and I'm like, God dang it. I have to include that or, Oh, that's so good. Like <laughs> oh, I have to write. So I thought I was coming up with like a five page, maybe four page story and it ended up being like seven or eight pages. So you're in. That's okay with me. Okay. So it's a good one. Prior to the Palmer House Hotel stood the Sock Center House, which was built in 1863. Uh, then after that, it was bought by an E.P. Barnum in 1867 and being called the Barnum Hotel or the Minnesota House. Finally, in 1868, it was bought and named – it was bought and named the Apfield Feld House. Okay. That's not really that important, but some of that's important. Okay. It was known to be not only a hotel, but a pub and a brothel, or a saloon and a brothel. Ooh. So, love that. shady stuff happened. Oh, don't uh, love that. In 1900, it mysteriously burned down on June 26th. Um, no one was really upset about it. All the locals were actually kind of relieved because of all the things that went yeah. on there and yeah. they were just like mm, that was kind of like an eyesore so okay um mr palmer came in and he's like this looks like a great opportunity let's build here and so he built the palmer house hotel i love that um it was built by ralph and christina j palmer it was in the heart of the city just a block from the train station which meant it attracted many newcomers and lots right. of like businessmen just people coming through town yeah uh they the family actually lived there with their two children hazel and carlisle and her the mother's mother and her brother who actually ended up working there as like a maintenance guy okay. or something uh the hotel was considered to be modern and like first class for its time it was the first building in the city with indoor plumbing and electricity <gasps> Ooh. So apparent- no more outhouses. No more outhouses. And apparently, within this first six months of being open, a lot of switches had to be pretty much all the switches and lights had to be replaced because people who would come there would be like so fascinated, like on off, on <laughs> off, on off. And so they were just. It, it was headlined in the newspaper as "Sparkling and Twinkling Lights." Aww. So originally, the hotel was three story. Is it is still three stories, and it housed 38 rooms with guests sharing, like, a common bathroom area down the hall. Oh. Yeah, not fun. No. Uh, now the hotel has 19 due to expanding some of the rooms and giving everybody their own bathrooms. Sure. Some of them including a jacuzzi. Ooh. Fonsai. I know, right? Uh, Sinclair Lewis, a very famous writer who was from that area actually worked there while he was in high school. Well, I say worked, but he was like hired and fired over and over and over. And apparently he was caught like writing a lot. So, oh. I mean, he was caught doing his job, right, becoming a writer. Yeah. So this is kind of like, I don't know, the birthplace for him. But What was his name again? Sinclair Lewis. Oh, okay, okay. So rumor has it there's actually a room in the basement that has some of his poems on the walls. Oh, but, I love that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, in his novel, Main Street, he actually writes about the Palmer House calling it the Mimeshire House. 
So he's actually included it in his book. So it's had some kind of an impact on him. Yeah. In 1993, the hotel went through major renovations and restorations, carefully keeping Mr. Palmer's work and ideas, but making some ideas, wiring right. and, you know, um, it also giving everybody their private bathrooms. That's very uh, important. Yes. Since the Palmers, the hotel was owned by no more than 20 owners until 20 or 2002, Kelly Freese and her husband purchased the hotel. It was listed on the National Register of Historic Places. And when Kelly first purchased it, she was unaware of any of the paranormal activity there and was pretty much a skeptic. She's never been around it or anything and didn't, right. didn't believe in it. Yeah. But she quickly became a believer and even had the get like the guests were experiencing things and so were the staff. So she would have them put them put like down their experiences and get in the guest in the book. book. Yeah. I love that. So this place kind of reminds me of the Anchorage yeah. um, hotel. Uh, she claimed that she was approached by a psych. One day she claimed that she was approached by a psychic, a psychic woman who was temporarily staying at the hotel and the lady had told her that she had had a dream about someone telling her that there was a body buried underneath the stairs in the basement. Ew. So, naturally, Kelly goes and she grabs a spoon from the kitchen and goes and starts digging. And, With a spoon? Yeah, like a big ladle <laughs> spoon. And she starts to find rib bones. <gasps> no. She put them in a box to show her husband, got distracted by the phone call, by a phone call, came back, and they were gone. Well, her husband and ate still- them. <laughs> ribs oh my god ribs sound so good right now i'm not even joking i'm so hungry okay so while this is a ghost story there haven't been too there hasn't been too many like traumatic incidents reported here um people have definitely had to do a lot of digging when they find things um but also it's a hotel so people die in their sleep or just die naturally of a heart attack or there are suicides so right Things like that happen, and they're not always reported, at least not in the news. So I do have a few. In 1868, May 7th, a 5-year-old boy fell off the stairs, and this was found by, like, a historian. Um, but he found that a 5-year-old boy had fallen off the stairs, smashing his skull. <gasps> but And that was in the hotel before it was the, um, the Palmer Hotel. It was whenever it was the previous place. Oh, my Barnum. gosh. The article didn't say if he lived or not. So there, we'll get you to that. You smashed your skull. Remember, as a five-year-old boy on the stairs. Poor so just baby. keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, in the 1900s, a young boy died of the flu here. Uh, on Ghost Adventures, they were, like, surprised that nothing big had been reported here. So uh-huh. they went to the local historical, like, library, and they found an old-type testimony from a previous owner in the 1950s stating a man had hung himself in the <gasps> bar by jumping off the pool table, and his body was discovered the next morning. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've never seen them go and dig on, a, like, an investigation before and go find, like, stuff like that. I thought it was really cool that they did that. They – Maybe because they needed... Yeah, they just needed some, like, history on it. Yeah. More history. Um, there was another report of a man committing suicide upstairs at some point. Um, they didn't say the date or anything. Right. So, the hotel has had lots of paranormal reports going all the way back to the 1950s. There's even, like, newspaper articles about it. That's so cool. 
most reports are pretty harmless, but some have caused guests to like throw their keys in the previous, the current owner's face in the <gasps> middle of the night, running out trying to escape the hotel. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. There, there are some specific rooms that are more haunted than others. So we're gonna go over a couple rooms. In room eleven, it has been reported to have extreme cold spots and having a heavy feeling when going into the room. Oh. Not too unusual in a haunted place. I wouldn't mind the cold spots because I like to be cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like, wait. Put the cold spot on the bed and I'll be fine. How cold do you like to be? Like 60s? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So not negative one. One uh, night, a guest was sleeping with his legs out of the sheets. Big mistake in a haunted hotel. Uh, Big mistake. Period. Always. Why would you sleep with your sheet? No. So he <laughs> yeah. felt someone, someone's fingers stroke him, Ew! like his leg, and then he jumped up to see what it was and saw nothing. I would Ew! freak out. Um, evidently, this room belongs to a permanent resident named Annie. Permanent as in. She never you know, leaves. Yeah. So it's Aww, her room. Annie. So. Buh, buh, buh. Newlyweds were staying in the room number 17 when one night the wife woke up to see a lanky man dressed in 1920s and 30s clothing standing at the front of the bed. Also, guests have complained of leaving the room and returning to the furniture being moved. That would totally be me because I would be like so bored in the afterlife and be like, okay, this room needs a change up. We need to rearrange furniture. We need to fix the aesthetics here. <laughs> um lastly this so this room is known to be a woman's room named lucy she okay. was a lady of the night uh, apparently she'll shut the door she was a sex worker she was sorry sex worker it said lady of the night on the website I know. sorry that's what they were called back then she was a sex worker um she also likes to shake the pictures on the wall and change the temperature. So you said you maybe 60s. Well, yeah. some paranormal experts who were staying there asked her to change the temperature in the room. And within 20 minutes, they changed it. She changed it from 65 to negative one. How did she do that? There's yeah, no way. Like, I was like, am I reading this right? Like negative one? What? That's so what freaking of, cold. Like It's so cold. But like, how did you she, bring Alaska into the room? <laughs> She couldn't have just changed it on the thermostat. Like, that was, like, Yeah, so much energy. Yeah. Uh, she's also been seen sitting uh, in on one of the two chairs in the room, smoking a cigarette with the left side of her face beat up and the oh. right side of her scalp hanging off her skull. So she was – she went through a lot of crap. Yeah. Um, she doesn't like people sitting in both of her chairs. So – um, Those are my chairs. <laughs> well, the owner, the current owner, Kelly, went in during a like a paranormal investigation, and she was showing which room was whose and whatnot. Yeah. And so she said, "This is this is Lucy's room, and there are two chairs in there, and then there's a bed." And she's like, "You can sit down in the chair." She said, and then they both sat down. She's like, "Just don't sit down in both of them." She's like, "She doesn't like it." And they're like, why not? And she's like, well, she was a sex worker. How do you think she got treated in the bed? Oh, like, there's nowhere yeah. for her to sit. So. Oh, so leave the chair So she was probably, yeah, her. she was probably, she was definitely abused. Yeah, that um, poor lady. And she was abused apparently by one of, an another permanent resident that was there. That's there. So I'll go over him in a little bit. Oh my God. She has to live with his abuser right? constantly. What a jerk. 
I know it makes me think of uh, American Horror Story Hotel, the season, the hotel season where everybody's just stuck there. But they're super happy because the people who own the hotel run it good. So I think I feel like this lady, Kelly, runs it good and like makes all the spirits there like calm and happy. And like, but do you think, okay, question Do you think that what was her, Betty? Lucy? Lucy. Do you think that Lucy sees the person that possibly abused her? I don't know. I wonder that. Like, do you think that the ghosts interact with each other? Maybe. Because that would really suck for her. That would suck. It was like always like, oh, I bumped into him again today. Yeah. That would really suck. I would hope not. That would suck. Yeah. Uh, But I also hope so. Sorry. I also hope so because like I want the families to be like forever together oh but not in their situation yeah 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 yes. but like like if it were a family yeah and yeah. like the kids get to play with the kids i think and so in some situations maybe i think it just depends the, their energy yeah 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 um so room 18 has had reports from the guest below staying here um apparently they've heard uh someone walking around at night like the room below 18 someone walking around at night sitting on the bed and then taking off their shoes and they can tell like you can tell when someone like i mean i guess if you're like in a part in apartment and you can tell when like someone's doing that kind of stuff i don't know it's pretty thin floors if, if you ask well, me well it's but... back then yeah yeah you pick up one foot you can feel it yeah and then you feel a thump from the thump. shoe yeah and then they put their foot down yeah but that's kind of like what you hear is like someone getting ready for the day or getting ready for bed. Weird. Uh, and only to find that no one's actually in that room above you. So creepy. So uh, with that room, whenever Kelly first opened up the hotel, she didn't have anyone staying there yet because they were still doing like maintenance and last minute work. Right. She had had her dad stay there who was um, – who did some of the maintenance and he lived there. Yeah. So he – approached her one day and he's like i didn't know you already started letting people come into the hotel and she's like what do you mean i haven't and he's like well every night i've heard someone roaming upstairs on the third floor above me in rooms 18 and 19 oh no and he was a skeptic too so uh in one of the rooms there is a ghost cat (gasps) leon that you can hear scratching on the door and jumping on the bed at night. Oh, it's actually you. been photographed from outside the room in the window, too. But there's no cat in the hotel. Oh, I love that so much. You're going to love this next part. Whenever they, whenever someone books that room, the hotel people, like, ask, do you have any allergic, do you have any allergies to cats? Like, yes! I, I think that is so that. cute. Sorry, like, a, like embrace the, yeah. embrace the cat ghost. Uh, some of the things downstairs toilets flush on their own. Uh, oh. welcome to the 21st century. Right. <laughs> it's totally not that guys, but <laughs> I'm just making a joke. Uh, electric issues like lights flickering and the TV's going off despite everything being up to date and rewired. Oh, that was so cute. Oh, he's like a baby. <laughs> yeah. He got um, so heavy for my arms. I, so I rested weak. him on the table. Um, items in the room go missing all the time, especially remote controls. That's a pretty big one. 
Oh, that means there's a ghost in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Get one of those tag things. (laughs) After opening up, they were finding the crystal wine glasses being smashed on the floor or against the walls. Oh, my gosh. And they were going through so many wine glasses that she talked to one of her psychic friends and she was like, look. It's them. Don't be afraid to lay down the law. You're you're in charge here. So oh, okay. Kelly was like, she's like, okay. So she went and told the spirit. She's like, hey, you can't be doing this. You got to stop. And it worked. Wow. Uh, That's pretty impressive. Another thing happening is silverware moving on its own after setting the tables in the dining room. Usually they'll, I guess they set them at night and then they like, they'll just move it around and rearrange themselves. That reminds me of that one that's. What, it was the in, spaghetti factory yeah. yeah i know me too uh the chef has heard footsteps moving across wet floor when mopping as well as wet a wet puddle randomly appearing in the middle of the kitchen Ew, floor for no yucky. reason i did hear on a podcast about something about wet footprints being seen as well i didn't put that in here for some reason which is weird um, I'm going to start blaming the ghost on the <laughs> random puddle that's in our kitchen every once in a while. No, it's an ice cube. Well, I think it's like our, our water dispenser like leaks every oh. once in a while, but Rick blames it on me and I'm like, it's not me. Like, why are you getting so mad? Oh, probably cause he's getting his feet wet. Yeah. And it's not like a little puddle. It's like a big one. It's like that big. Dude, it's a ghost. I'm going to start saying it's the ghost because uh, am I still on? Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> no, he'll be like, so oh, we did the water wrong again. I'm like, how do I? Oh my gosh. I, he's mostly teasing me, but it, <laughs> it gets on my nerves. I'm like, bro. So now I'm going to be like, oh no, it's a ghost. It's a ghost thing. It's a ghost thing. You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> um. So the staff actually experiences a lot of things uh a night clerk one night claimed to see a guy in the pub and asked him like hey you want a beer like you're just hanging out around here the place is closed locked up and it's everybody's in bed and so they had like a small conversation and exchanged money for the beer and the clerk said it was the clerk had said it was too much money that he had given him um, and so he needed change but he didn't have access to, like, get change. Right, because everything was closed. Yeah. So the man, like, pulled out a dollar twenty-five, and he's like, okay, that's good enough. Yeah. And so he watched him go back up the stairs, assuming he was going back to bed. And the next morning, he discussed it with the hotel owner. And sure. she was like, there was no man here by that description or anything. And he <gasps> didn't see anyone leave or anything. So Where did he get the money? Is he stealing it from other <laughs> getting it from his it's ghost money yeah but how i don't know you have it still i don't know that's weird weird. i know it's weird to think about that stuff it's like (laughs) where do they get these toys from and oh i haven't gotten to that part yet oh sorry and then it's like okay can ghosts just like make money can can i just manifest a million dollars right now yeah can i would let a ghost follow me around in my hands right now money everything's going missing though in the hotel too so Maybe they're stealing guests' money. And then money. turning around and selling it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> the hotel owner or the hotel or whatever is just like, hey, uh, we're short on change this month, ghosts. If you yes. can hear me, go steal about $20 worth of money yeah. out of guest pockets. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Guys, they don't do that. It's a really good hotel. Don't think that. So anyway. <laughs> but it's funny to think about. Yeah. 
Um, a staff member has claimed to have talked to a woman that looked just like the uh, Mr. Palmer's daughter. And there's photographs because the history of it. There's photographs sure. of everything and everyone there. Um, also, Mr. Palmer's mother-in-law or Miss Palmer's mother who lived there with them has also been spotted in a red dress. Ooh. And they know it's her because there's a photograph of her in that same red dress. And apparently it was, like, mysteriously pulled off the wall, like, like fall off, fell off the wall with a nail. Yeah. And they never put it back up because they were just like, maybe she just doesn't like that picture. She doesn't like that picture. I don't know. That'd be me. <laughs> I tag all the photos on Facebook. I love that you just said that because the podcast I listened to for this literally said the same oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Which podcast was it? My uh, mom, when she posts a photo of me and she doesn't even tag it, I'll be like, take it down, take it down. She's like, it's such a beautiful photo of you. And I'm like, have like four chins and I'm like, look angry at the world. And I'm like, take it down. <laughs> she she hates going on vacation with my sister and I because the whole time we're like, You're take just it like, down. That doesn't look right. I don't like that. Yeah. That's not a good angle. Sometimes I just give up. It depends on my mood. <laughs> it was morbid. By the way, the podcast. Oh, yeah. My mom listens to that one. Yeah. M, M was on it from, and that's why we drink. She, because I was looking to see who's covered it. Because I was like, I surely I can't be not getting enough information. Like, is sure. anyone else getting information like I'm getting? And so I don't like to listen to podcasts, especially that we like. But if I absolutely need to make sure, like, they're covering the same topics and you I'm getting like the same. You don't like listening to them for information. Yeah. Yes. You just said, I don't like listening to podcasts. I, I do. I, like I do. That we like. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they, they said something about, um, un, it's like that century's version of untagging a picture. <laughs> now let's take the photo down. That's really funny that you said that. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, Look at him. He's so sweet. It says it's warm in here. He's used to it. Or he's he's getting sleepy. Oh, he just, he's I like started baby. petting him and he went. Oh, little baby. Sweet Leon. He's so sweet. Sorry, another thing. I'm sorry. I was talking to a daycare parent today, and she was looking at her son. You know who I'm talking about. Okay. And I, and Leon was right behind him, like a little bit away. And she, she looked at her son. I thought we were talking about my cat. Because we had just talked about him. And she said, he's getting so big. And I looked at Leon and I was like, I know. <laughs> and then I realized that she like looked at, him, at her son again. She was like, stop growing up. And I was like, oh, there it is. Yep. Yeah, we're yeah, talking about your stop kid. Growing yeah, up. stop so growing sweet. up. Hashtag cat mom. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> she, she listens to me, so when she hears that, I, I'm sorry. She's going to know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amy totally thought you were talking about her cat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, maybe she was secretly talking about Leon and then was maybe. like, I sound like a crazy person, so I'm going to just that's look at my son is. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um chill there is a playroom here 
Dum, dum, dum. Oh, I love that. It's upstairs and often voices are heard and children playing, you know, are just heard playing out there and there's no one there's up there. There's no children. There's like none. Uh, children staying here have told their parents of playing with another kid, even though there was no children there. Some reports, including the sighting of a young boy with dirty blonde hair and green eyes on the stairs uh, on his way up to the second port second floor have been put out um staff members have reported seeing a young boy bounce a ball down the hall and then chase after it oh that's i like ball (laughs) um many guests have complained of kids playing in the hall at night but there's no kids staying there at the time like they'll tell them as they're checking out um oh that's so weird the owner, Kelly, well, not long after she first got there, I believe, uh, she felt something grab her palm <gasps> and then her hand or and then her head. Ew. Yeah. Uh, another at another moment she, or another time she was on the third floor folding towels, Kelly, and she stated she could feel someone walking up behind her. Uh, she said it was like I could see somebody with a dark cape come up to me. And then the next instant, I had a hard time swallowing. It just felt like choking sensations around my neck, but I kept saying out loud, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Oh, my god! She mentioned the encounter to a friend who was a psychic, and the friend told her it was an entity, entity named Raymond who was trying to get her attention and was very territorial of his room, which, was, which is room 22. Not the same as Lucy. That is wild. Yeah. He's not so he's not scary. a very friendly ghost there. And apparently he's the go people believe that he's the ghost that had uh Relations. Lucy. Yeah. Okay. Lucy was his sex worker or whatever. He wasn't yeah. he didn't treat her very good. Raymond sounds like a very awful person. Yes, Raymond's a jerk. Uh so the basement. There is a basement here, and in the basement is probably one of the more spookier places okay um going down there you get it's very common to have like a heavy feeling and um some people have reported of something malevolent down there oh. um kelly has seen shadowy a shadowy figure down here and her husband who was with her at the time claimed to see glowing red eyes Ew, and no. what looked like a wolf <gasps> Uh, the figure moved into, which, I mean, dogs, demon, just demonic. That just yeah, sounds demonic. that's what I was thinking. The figure moved into the room, and the lights were out, or went out, casting a heavy feeling on them. Many visitors and investigators call one of the rooms down there the dog room because they hear dogs barking in there when there's no dogs. Stop it. On tours, no. they encourage you to bring dog toys to kind of coax coax the dogs like to, to like calm bark, them down. I guess or something. Oh, to get them to bark? I guess I don't know. I don't want a dog bark a yeah. non-dog bark barking yeah, at like, me. I'm trying to experience some ghosty stuff. I don't want to hear dog bark. I hear that enough at my own house. Uh, but to, it's not even a dog, Bree. It's a demonic it's dog. It's a demonic dog. That it's doesn't a demon exa- dog. A demon dog. To top it all off, there is there are some Christmas decorations down here. Oh, I like that. One of them being a snowman that dances and uh, turn like turns on lights and stuff, and without being plugged in, he turns on all the time. So I don't know if I like that or not. I guess during a paranormal investigation, they were 
down there and they were talking about it like about how like oh it doesn't work anymore it has because it has no power to it it's not plugged right. in like it literally has to be plugged in right. to worked to work and they caught on the evp saying um it works it does oh <laughs> okay all right A creepy little <laughs> yeah snowman Creepy little snowman. Um, other paranormal evidence has are like EVPs, EMF readings, disembodied voices and whispers, apparitions, uh, temperature drops, being touched or pushed by unseen forces. Oh my god! Footsteps, seeing things fly off the walls or hooks, uh, strange explained noises, and knocks. Um, there's a website that they have, the Palmer House Hotel. You can look it up, and they have like all their like a bunch of paranormal investigations and like evidence on there. Um, so as of today, the Palmer house is still owned by Kelly Freese and her husband listed on the national register. You can book and stay, just drop in for a drink or a tour. Um, as long as you sign a waiver, of course, yeah, yes, of course. you need a waiver for the tour. Makes sense. Um, aside from its permanent residence, the staff are known to be pretty welcoming and warm. And I guess it's, the food there is pretty good too. So according to Yelp, cool. I did get a couple of Yelp reviews. Yes, those um, are our favorite. The neg. So there were a few, quite a few negative ones. Which it's just the stupid reasons. Yeah. Because like it was things like complaining about the hotel being old and like out of date and like it was built in like the 1900, like the early 1900s. Of course, it's out of date and old, and they're trying to right. like. It's on Main Street. It's in downtown. So well, like, I was gonna they're going to keep up with that. Yeah, they're going to keep they're Prudes. gonna they're going to keep up with technology and things like that but yeah they also want to preserve the atmosphere needs to be yes yeah like walking back in time no you're not going to stay at that hotel because you want the hilton or something correct you don't want the automatic water and and stuff like that another one of the negative reviews complained about someone being loud in the hallways all night long and it makes me wonder if it was uh, something paranormal going on. What are the on. kids? Yeah. They were complaining about people being super loud in the halls all night long. And none of the staff did anything about it. But, like, I'm pretty sure the staff, like, at 11 o'clock, they just, they they go home for the yeah, night. Yeah. Except for the, like, yeah, the two the, or the night clerk. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. The they staff just... <laughs> didn't do it. Yeah. Because everyone there's, knows. Because nothing's going to happen. They're, they're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to. It's haunted. Okay, there's you nothing here. You go to that hotel knowing it's haunted. Yeah, exactly. Give me a break. Like, I want to, I really want to stay at this hotel. If we ever go to Minnesota, buddy. We're just going to have to go on a hotel stay yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah, definitely. While we go on tour with our listeners. Yes. Go on tour. Hashtag goals for 2023 or 24. 24 because we'll st- I'll still be in Alaska in 2023, so. Yeah. And Amy apparently is moving with me, so. Yeah. Okay. Even if you go to Switzerland. I won't. It's okay. Russia. It's okay. No. Ireland. No. I'm not saying where you're actually going on purpose. Oh, okay. Because you're worried that our fans are going to follow us. Yeah. Cool. It was to respect your husband. (laughs) Where he might get to. You're so respectful. (laughs) Um, Josh. So... (laughs) Josh. So many Joshes in the world. Just Josh and guys. Um, so this one is titled Haunted Hotel and it gives a five star. <laughs> I just got that joke. Um, it says, My daughter and I stayed in this hotel to experience some of the alleged paranormal experiences 
said to take place here. We stayed in Lucy's room. Twice during the night, I thought my daughter was moving around in the bed uh, and she was fast asleep. We did have a ball roll about in the children's playroom when we requested the child to play with us. <gasps> there cool. were many orbs in the pictures we took. The non-haunted aspects of the hotel were excellent. We loved every meal we had in the pub. The desk clerk and bartender were both informative and history of of his story a history of the hotel and where to shop around town. The hotel is empty at night except for guests, so you get a real at-home stay where we definitely would like to go back. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's cool that they requested. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's titled, Excellent, I Intend to Be Back Again. And okay. I think this had way more to it, but it was talking about the hotel, so I just included the haunty spooky sure. stuff. Uh, had a wonderful night here. I did have an experience in the hotel. I saw a woman, and in parentheses, ghost, leaning over our bed at night around 4 a.m. No. But it disappeared as soon as I saw it. I was so tired. I just went back to sleep after it happened. How do you go back to sleep from that? Like, nope. I actually, I would have to turn on the TV. I I get that where it's like I'm too tired to deal with this right now. <laughs> like, not today, sleep demon. It's, it's not happening. This is fate. I I would just I would have to turn on something. I'd turn on like Friends or something. Yeah, but when I get super s- spooked out because I I really don't like the vibes sometimes that come from our sunroom and. It's mainly because I spook myself up. Yeah. And so, (laughs) and I don't like open spaces like that. I get that. that. Like, anyway, so I have to just look at, like, memes or something to tire my brain out. (laughs) But there's a few times where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just like, I feel spooked out. No, I'm not dealing with it. Not today, sleep demons. (laughs) Um... This one is titled, Fun, Scary, VIP Treatment. Uh, most definitely, this place is haunted. I took 98 pictures during our stay and captured some really scary pictures. Ew. I captured a fo- photo of Hank in the basement. I don't know if I mentioned Hank. He's a, He was a maintenance worker, and he's you a did. permanent resident. Okay. Okay. Uh, I captured a photo of Hank in the basement and some other faces in room 11 that look kind of evil. Can't really explain this one. One of my cousins in every photo appears to be about 40 years younger. We heard footsteps, smelled the scent of a dated woman's perfume. I could go on and on with all of our experiences. I can sum it up by craziest place I've ever stayed at. And that's all. And I'm done. But boom. There were so many more reviews on there, but I was like, I need to calm down and cut yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Palmer House Hotel in Sauk Center, Minnesota. I would stay there with you if we I, ever go to Minnesota. It sounds pretty harmless. Like, unless you unless you go into the basement, which you should watch the Ghost Adventures episode of it. It's, uh... Maybe I will tonight, actually. It, it was a fun one. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. Um, thank you. Why did it? What just happened? You closed okay. this in the wire. <laughs> it scared me. You're good. Yeah, do you have a neighborhood story for yeah, me? Yeah, I have a neighborhood story for you. So <clears throat> it's pretty short and sweet. Uh, it's from next door. Um, I'm thinking of staying 
in the Motel 6 next week. The one off of Madison and 80 Highway. How murdered should I expect to be? (laughs) (laughs) That is a fair question. I mean... We... So, for after me and Josh got married, we had our honeymoon that was scheduled, like, we were scheduled to go to Disney, like, two days later. Yeah. But he had, we had family in town, and they were staying at our house, and we're like, we don't want to spend the no. night of our, our first night married together at our at house. our house. With family there. So, we decided to go to a Motel 6. <laughs> I mean, it's better than staying at home. <laughs> it was in a really nice, like... A very higher end beach area. So I was like, in all the pictures of it on, do not trust pictures of hotels online, guys, because they're no, lies. They're lies. They're lies. Um, percent. It looked so nice and updated. I'm like, damn, this is the nicest Motel Six ever. Or maybe it was a eight, one of the eight ones. Super eight. Super eight. I can't remember if it was Motel Six or Super Eight. Same thing. Basically. I've seen in really nice Super Eights though. This one looked like it was nice, but, you know, it was not. And we had a guy talking in Spanish the entire time on the phone right next to us because we had an adjoining room. Oh, no. He was very loud all night long in the bed. It just smelled, you know, like it smells like it's been in, like lived in for a really long time. And it was like the wall was rotted into the bathroom and it was just gross. That was our first night married. Yay. It was you. magical. Then we went to Disney and that was real. That was better. That was magical. Yeah. They made up for it. 100%. Uh, I like to say something. I like to quote Jim Gaffigan in one of his. Uh, do you know who he is? Nope. He's a comedian. He's really freaking funny. He's my favorite comedian. But he, one of his, my favorite jokes from him is you can't pay me to buy a you can't pay me $100 to take a used mattress, but I will 100% pay $100 to sleep in a used mattress at a used, at a hotel. <laughs> that is such a good point. <laughs> True. True. But you're not living. Yeah. But still. You just, it's, it's one of those it's still things there. that you, you don't talk about it. It's you don't like, think about it, you don't talk about dang it. Dang it, why'd you have to say that out loud? I know. You can't pay me $100 to take a used mattress, but I'll pay $100 to sleep in a used mattress. I love that. I love that. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) Well, guys, it's late. Oh, my god. We're going to get out of here. Yeah, we've been here for way too long. It's okay. It was just... Our eyes are getting glazed over because we're so tired. It was the universe's way of saying that we need to spend more time together. That's what we like to say. We're doing that. Um, so you can listen to us, you know, where to find us on all the platforms. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's super helpful. Um, yeah. Also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we also have a Facebook group where we're super active on, like to play games, and even sometimes have, like, contests to win some stuff. Polls. So Polls. You know, we like to, we like to dance yeah. on them. So, yeah, make sure you get on the Facebook. And oh, we have a Facebook. website, <laughs> com. And on there you can find everything that she – a link to everything that she just mentioned along with a link to our merchandise, which is um, – on our merchandise website, we have uh, magnets and T-shirts, and 
along with a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash WWTN podcast on there. You can get um, exclusive. Uh, if you want to be on the donor bus, you for $3 a month, you can get exclusive content along with the episode early or for $5 a month, you can get um, exclusive content along with our episodes unedited. Feel free to slide into our DMs with any questions, comments, or story suggestions. Choo-choo! Oh Sorry. my god, Bri. And that's um, wwtnpodcast at gmail.com. And have you checked in on the neighbors, buddy? What's with the neighbors? Pretty. Here you Brittany, Amy Brittany, out. Brittany, your Brittany. name is Brittany. It's Buddy and Brie together. Brittany, Brittany is tired. Amy out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What's with the neighbors? Oh, S- say hi to our, your cats for me. Meow. We're smelling their butts right now. <laughs>